And we're back again. Another episode of the Stereo Bros Podcast. This is episode eight. And I got a very special person in the room with me. Fresh off the Olympic Games. He, he uh, played several medals for his home country of Jamaica. And bobsledding, he got several several medals. He did tremendously. He did tremendously. We got Mr. Prolific be back in the building. How you? What's the word, beloved? <laughs> it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. I appreciate all the well wishes and concerns. I'm back. Contrary to popular belief, uh, medalist. <laughs> medalist. Wasn't on Rikers, wasn't up north, wasn't in county. Never. Just securing several weekend bags, which we all should do. Uh, but how you been, man? Everything good? Uh, no complaints. No complaints. What's today? Uh, just another beautiful Saturday in Brooklyn. Uh, the day after, you know, uh, we observed the, the passing of the late, great, notorious B.I.G., um, Christopher Wallace. Uh, so, moment of silence for that man real quick. All right, with that being said, spread love. There you go. Um, and keep keep Biggie's legacy as it is. Like, I hear people try to yeah. draw out these long conversations. Of, yeah. is, he, is he the best ever? We'll, we'll leave that to, to May. Yeah, leave that we'll, to everybody we'll leave else. leave that to May, what, 21st, I think The, the birthday yeah, and all we'll, that, yeah. We'll leave that to, to the birthday to celebrate life. But um, happy to be back. Happy to be back, beloveds. I hope y'all go. miss me. There you go. Speaking of coming back, Atlanta, the show, ATL, it's about to come back. I'm still behind on season one. I ain't get away through it. Hmm. <laughs> Is dude named Postman or Paperboy? Paperboy, right? It's Paperboy. That's my guy, man. It's Paperboy. I got to finish that season before the joint come back, but I'm... um. We'll circle back on this, but... Uh, definitely looking forward to that, though. Back. Um, and... Man, I'm just happy. I'm happy the show is back because it's been over a year. I feel like this, uh, like you, kind of have to watch like the first season, like again, to be like reinitiated into like that whole world that they created um, in Atlanta. But um, so far, so good. And obviously, I can't speak on it much more because you haven't seen the whole first season yet. So. I saw that. I saw the first few joints. Shout out to Donald Glover because he's doing his thing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I like the dynamic between him and other characters. My favorite. My favorite part of the first season that I saw. Was when he took Shorty on a date, mm. and right after he left, told his his uh, card company that the joint was was oh, stolen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I've been I've been close to that book before. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, those are not fond memories. Those we, are not fond memories. I mean, I can't say we all. I speak for myself. I've been that broke before at points in my life where I ain't have it, but I'm like, oh, but oh, so I wouldn't have canceled the card. I just, I would have stayed home. Yeah, (laughs) but I'm happy that there's a lot more content that speaks to a certain kind of reality that people of color live through, like grownish, blackish, like similar, like similar shows that kind of create a narrative of like a not like a square, like a square family or square person, but it feels more like relatable than janitor, gangster, or. Corner boy. No, I definitely agree with that. And um, I know to reference, uh, what is it, the New Yorker profile that they did on uh, Donald um, like a couple of weeks ago that came out. It reminded me of all these different like dramedies and sitcoms and different types of shows where, like you said, we relate more to the characters um, going back to what is it? The Sopranos. Um, and how the- <laughs> it was well recently. But it was like. But not just, all right, show aside what the characters did or, like, the type of show is served as being, like, the type of show where you can actually identify with the characters. Everything doesn't have to be aspirational because everything ain't sweet in all of our lives, you know? So it was more, you know, real and closer to what we are going through on a daily basis for some of us. So with... With Sopranos, then, which ushered in the quote-unquote, like, new corner wire. Like yeah, the wire and all that good stuff. And it's like, yo, the the wire is a strong tree that a lot of these, like, shows is coming from as far as just having, even with the wire having a, a lot of actors that weren't necessarily had this, you know, it caught a little flack in the beginning. Remember how they had, like, 
some stars that were true to life, like Snoop, <laughs> that were living life a little Chad too Snoop, real. Yeah. You know that you Chad know Snoop. the the art was imitating life and not the other way around. But it helped to bridge that gap of you know how real do you want to portray this and how close to reality can we actually get? I was gonna say I feel like HBO has always been good about having characters that are relatable because even on that show, um, there was a Barksdale, but then it was also. String of Bell as well, and they show right. like the like that dichotomy of right. intelligent gangster and like muscle. There's more of us. Uh, like yeah. we always say, like we're not a monolith, and you know we're we're more than you know the stereotypes and reality shows. Um, but it's beautiful to see like all this different type of content that's coming out, and you get to see the doors that you know yeah people opening uh, up. Ava's that are opening up. Yeah, Issa Rae's are opening up. Yeah, Donald's like all these. Like Donald's writing room, I think, was like full of like a couple of people that this was their first writing room. And that's a big shot. You know, that's a that's a pretty big shot. And it's like the proof is in the pudding. Like you've seen how how the numbers came out, you know, not just for the network, but overall, like so. So what other new shows or specials content are you focused on right now? Because I mean, uh, we said blackish, we said grownish. Right, um, right, right. Um well, Blackish isn't really new. Grownish is probably like like the the spinoff part is, is new. I don't know if you checked it out, but it's pretty dope. Um, it shows the the daughter in college. Oh no, I have. It's I'm it's solid. That. I'm saying like yeah, it's, it's solid. Episodes of that. I didn't it's think solid. it was gonna like pan well at first, but yeah, no, nah, it definitely did. Uh, respect to what is it, Larry Wilmore? Because Larry Wilmore, yeah, uh, you know, um, also helped with uh, um, Issa Rae's Insecure. You know, so can't wait till that come back because that's my that's my joint. Yeah, ABBs yeah. that belch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, like I I think, uh, man, it's it's just good to see all these different types of all these different types of like situations like that are on camera. Um, even uh, what's his name? Uh, mm, Dapper Dan story. I, yeah, I just I'm, saw that. I'm like, like a day or two. Um, is that lit? Jared Carmichael is going to be doing. Yeah. And Jared Carmichael is also doing Lil Rel, aka the Wingman of the Year from Get Out. Um, he's doing his like show as well. So once again, like <laughs> Wingman, these, these people, yeah, no, hold on. These people are keeping the I, door open. I don't think yeah, I heard that. I'm gonna repeat that. He said Wingman of the Year. That man saved <laughs> Chris from utter and certain destruction. You know I mean, he's he's. Top two black superheroes of the last For real. two years. Yo, he he saved that boy. <laughs> he saved him. He saved him well. Saved that man. Um, I'm also gonna check out the Marlon Wayne's comedy special ah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he uh, he mentioned it. I saw it. I saw it on Netflix, and I'm like, I love Marlon in the movies. But when I saw the interview he did on a certain platform, I'm like, all right, I'm a I'm gonna check it out because I, I liked his message. Yeah. Um, and in line with all the other things that are going on in terms of specials and money uh-huh. <laughs> from Netflix. Uh-huh. I want to see how special it actually is. Like, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by it. Uh, yo, there's a lot of things you can say about Marlon, but one thing you can't say is that he's not working. And, and not a hater. With not the a hater. show, was it with the Marlon show, and then with the special, and then he had that movie Naked or whatever. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that. I was, I was, but I, re- uh, I respect uh, the fact that he's, he's getting to the bag, but more so, like, I saw uh, an interview that he did like recently, and he was just talking about how he was torn with his brothers, Keenan, Damon, and Sean, and how like when that tour finished, he was like the little baby brother that was like trying to figure out like what do I, where do I go from here? And growing up in you know, honestly, the most celebrated like family. Yeah. Forget black, forget any of that. Like, celebrated family and entertainment, which I feel like, you know, as we're talking about the resurgence and this new level of black excellence, you can't forget about that Wayne's family, man. At all. And for, for him to, you know, say that I'm not just hustling for my last name because that's already cemented. I'm, I'm hustling to make my first name as big as my last name. And I was like, wow. At first, I thought, you know, Marlon was just uh, the attention, you know, just needed that attention coming out of out of the Wayne's family. You know, you had all your famous brothers and I just want to be in that spotlight, too. But now I realize, like, he wasn't suffering from an identity crisis as much as he was trying to find his identity 
And now he's realizing like it comes with the work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It comes with the work. So whatever stand up he doing, whatever, you know, specials he doing, shows, all that, like he realizing it's it's only gonna come with the work. It's only gonna come with the work. Fact. And the fact that he's talking about like long term establishment kind of uh brings up something that I experienced on a recent trip down to Dallas. And that was a great opportunity to visit some friends down there that just moved to Dallas. They're getting a lot of money down there. And it got me thinking about Dallas versus New York. Because I feel like a lot of people from New York are moving to Charlotte. They're moving to Atlanta. They're moving mm-hmm. to Virginia. They're moving sure. to D.C. Sure. A lot of people moving to Texas, too. And I feel like there's this misconception of life outside New York is just much better just because it's courses living is cheaper. That's true to the extent that there's no sales tax and there's no um, income tax and things like that. Mm. But the key thing I learned is that you still have to bring down a job that provides you an income substantially higher than the status quo, right? right. You can't say, I'm going to move to City X down south and figure it out because most cases, you're going to be Running the mill, like you're gonna be, right. or depending on that median average income position, you're not going to kind of climb. You may be comfortable, but you won't climb. And right. to see people that I know down there doing their thing, and they're living, you know, below means and below their wealth, and trying to build generational wealth, I think that's you know definitely dope. But when I got back home, I also you know spoke to a few people about. People knocking on their doors and trying to buy their home or the fact that, you know, a gallon of milk is like four dollars. Sales taxes, I think, eight point eight seven five percent plus state plus city plus federal. Mm-hmm. And I think New York is very expensive, but that's not something that we didn't know before. So the uh, Dallas housing market is nice. Great, great homes. You can get a, a pretty good like one bedroom in a fly development that has a pool. And a, a great fitness center for like $1,400 $1, a month, which is not crazy money if you're making a decent salary. But um, a decent salary in New York versus Dallas is different. Again, you know, I was talking to a, one of the drivers in my Lyft. She was like, yeah, if you come down here with a, like an IT job or certain industries, you're good. But there's also vacuums where there's no job. So if you come down there wanting to do like public service type jobs. You're not going to get a job. If you do, you're not going to get paid that much. So I think, you know, a lot of that is more, like I came back with more perspective. Like I appreciated what I saw down there. It was a great city, Mm -hmm. good time. But I also came back appreciative of what I have in New York because I know that it's very hard to make it in New York, which is why they say, literally, if you make it here, you can make it anywhere because if you take our mentality, our hustle, and our salary somewhere else, it works. Outside of that, you're just going to be a regular Joe Schmo. True indeed. True indeed. But also, I was down there. Um, I got a chance to listen to a lot of new music. Ah, a lot of a lot of projects came out. What you listen to? Oh man, oh that nip. Ah, at a, at a nip of that nip pause. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was poorly poorly wrong. <laughs> Nipsey Hussle album was fire. I'll just say that. Uh, oh man, uh, Tory Lanes, uh, yeah. Mozzie, yeah, uh, Annoyed was was violating Fonte, yeah, um, Jerma, right. Bobby V, like a lot of projects came out, All right. um, and that's a that's a lot of music. So you guys can, yeah, I don't know where you want to start because that's a lot I of music. Let's start with uh, Net man, like. Neighborhood Nipsey Hustle, man. Uh, for those that have been paying attention since uh, uh, Bullets Ain't Got No Names, the mixtape series volume was at like one through three. Yeah. With Hustle in the House being like the, I guess, like the standout, like single, whatever. And uh, back when he was, had a little situation with Johnny Shipes and. Um, I think it was Epic he was like first time to and then you know Atlantic that, after that or vice no, versa. Now no. he's Atlantic. Nice but okay. I just I just loved how he took that situation and um got an understanding of the industry and how like major labels work and figured out like how to make things work for him. 
and, you know, built a team around him, whether it be uh, Karen Civil, uh, Steve uh, Carlos from, uh, what is it, Best of Both Offices, um, Def Jam, and stuff like that. And I think he's now at Atlantic. But, you know, just understanding how to adapt to the type of success he wanted and trying to find out how he could be, you know, uh, this generation's, as far as, like, deals and situations goes, um, the Rockefellers, the, you know, Rough Riders, the No Limits, the, you know, all these different brands and companies that we grew up respecting and understanding, like, the type of money and movement that they were having simultaneously and the autonomy and independence that that these guys was, like, talking in their raps and understanding that they was living it in, like, real time, like, Yo, I I love a good story. And he created one. He he didn't go with the immediate, you know, the immediate play to try and get like a single or something like that, but he really just literally grinded it out and along the way, um, really trying to I guess bring positive attention uh to Crenshaw, you know, and the different businesses that, you know, he's built there and even down to the store, like Yeah, I'm gonna say that's it's one funny, thing man. to have, you know, e commerce like popping and everybody's into merch and that's that's all well and good. But for him to have a, a brick and mortar like store with like a purpose of, you know, there actually being like something different to it with the what is it? Um augmented reality, like the AR type of situation where like the the tags on the shirts and different, you know, like pieces within the store actually like play different music when you have the app to it. And t- like these are the types of like conversations when you talk about pushing things forward that we don't typically that we don't typically have, you know, and for somebody with his background and his experiences to understand uh, that I need to to be around certain types of people and elevate myself in order to, you know, lend that hand back to elevate, you know, my people and, you know, the people that, you know, I grew up with. You, you can't, you can't knock, you can't knock that. My, oh, my only concern was with Nip, with all that business knowledge, especially with the hundred dollar like market play that he had done. And him, um, you know, dropping names like Jonah Berger and all these other like marketing gurus and professors and things of that nature. That was all well and good. But I didn't always know if his business acumen and his talent were always on the same page. And that's one thing that, you know, we don't always appreciate. And we might have been spoiled with for guys like Jay, you know, with Jay surrounding himself with. You know, the Kanye's and the Just Blazes and, uh, you know, can't forget Bink Dog and and other guys, the Timberlands at their peaks and and people like that with guys creating these um, amazing sound beds for him to create. But not also realizing like, yo, the things that he was talking about, you know, was at the level that made it, you know, relatable, not relatable, obviously, made it aspirational for some. For me, it just, yeah, and palatable for others. So I always wondered if Nip was going to, like, be able to, like, turn that curve. And he finally, for this album, I feel like he finally did. I feel like he finally did. And his press run has been great. He's putting out some solid interviews. Um, Like, he had a great interview on... The Breakfast Club. I think that he Breakfast he also, Club. He Sway. articulated a lot of stuff very well on there, particular because yes. they tried to bring about like you know certain situations, yes. and yes. he was able to navigate all of that. But yeah. then the album still is fire. The music at the it's end of the music, at the end it's of good day, music. Like, all marketing aside, all promotion aside, all like uh, what it came out All Star Weekend. So all All Star events aside, like the music was just fire, and I think that's one thing that both of us is like was not concerned about what was looking into, like, going into this. So. I don't even know what my favorite songs, because I've at times I've, I've said it's uh, Blue um, Laces, but I've... Yeah, I... It changed by the day, yo, yeah. uh, I'm kind of partial to uh, the intro track, just because, like, there's... I've, I've been told, technically, that there's a shout-out to, to Prolific at the beginning of the album. But, uh, you know, I, I never took that. But It could uh, be. I believe it. Nah, his uh, his track with uh, CeeLo, uh, Loaded Bases, I, I like that. Um, and then, obviously, what was that, like, the third verse of, like, Blue Laces that got him talking to, like, Nip's actually 
going into stories. Like Nip's getting Nip getting Get deep, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he's trying, he's developing, like the, the pen is developing and I can respect that. But yeah, so shout out to shout out to Nip, man. Shout out to Nip. I, mean, I think Nip kinda like set the bar for for recent projects in terms of like mainstream. I think Tory Lane's that's a very solid project too. Right. Tory Lanez, uh he gave some decent interviews too. And I haven't seen interviews. Let's not, let's not act like he wasn't on there spitting for his dear life <laughs> on on Sway and on uh on Flex. Even though, you know, the content has been questionable as far as does this remind you of, you know, 05 Cassidy. <laughs> oh wow. 02, 03, 04, 05 Cassidy and as a, you know, a former Cassidy, you know what I'm saying, avid supporter. <laughs> don't get no better. Don't get no better. No, no, no. You no, said Cassidy no, support. That's yeah, the Cassidy yeah, song, yeah, I'm talking about like the freestyle. Like the bars. I'm talking bars. Got it. And not the ba- um, Barry Adrian restory. No, no, not that. <laughs> You're talking not about the, the, album. <laughs> the bars that made Sunset put a beat on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Heard you. Exactly, heard you. Exactly. No, no disrespect to the freeway. But, um, with a beard. But. Tory Lane's fire song. He had a fire project because it feels complete cohesive. I still feel like there's points where he sounds like I don't want to. I don't want to say the, the the other guy from Toronto, but I will say there's points where there's overlap. There's, there's overlap. Hear, but bust it down is a fire yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. It works. Bust it down, shooters. Uh, the one thing. The one thing that I would say that I would go for was uh, pieces. I thought pieces was different. It had was it fifty. At fifty opened yeah. it up and then fifty kind of like ended out. I was surprised when I saw that on there, but it worked. Yeah, it worked. It, you know what I'm saying? It it gave me like the Nas feel for like two seconds, even though that's a sting sample, obviously. Um, but it gave me like the the Nas feel um, as far as like the storytelling aspect. But but question for you right now in all of these projects we name because we we name like we name like five, six, seven so, projects, right? What are you looking for in these projects? That like what criteria are you using to say yes or nay? Like yay and nay. Oh. Like three or four things that you're saying it, yes, right. gotta have. All right. Just write off three or four things. It's it depends. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, um, you know, lyrics versus the vibe. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh the production gotta do something. You know, that's that's first and foremost. And then like the the however your delivery, your tone, your lyrics. Those are, I don't even know like what percentages we're, we're talking about, but as far as. Any way you want to put them. Hey, man. I'm just saying like the guys that's, like, that's doing it for me right now, as far as, as, as like project wise, because that's all I'm paying attention to. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Vince Staples put out a dope track yesterday or whatever and had like a, a clever little snazzy. Um, like little marketing employee, like behind it, where he was putting out like a GoFundMe and said, like, if y'all give me two million, I'll go away forever. If not, like y'all can proceed to get off me. That's smart. That's yeah, smart. Use your imagination. But um, but yeah. With that being said, I'm still like, oh, that's cool. I'm wait. I'm waiting for the project. So, but when it comes to the project, like I can, you know. It's like oh, like getting one episode of a show versus getting like a season. You know what I'm saying? Like I get to see like the whole thought process like brought out. Like what was your vision? What was you really trying to do with this? And then different projects command like different type of criteria. Like I'm not going to sit here and say like if you was really going. I feel like Tori in some tracks is giving me like, you know, like a a, a a yacht in San Tropez, or you know what I'm saying, like on a on different a beach, vibes. On a, yeah, yeah, on a beach, on a in an island that you can't pronounce, <laughs> or in or in Kalito's case, mispronounce purposely. <laughs> um, San Tropez. <laughs> and then there was other tracks where he was like trying to remind you, like I still rap, I still got it, yeah. but not like you know rapping, but it was like rapping for rapping's sake. Sometimes, yeah. like he still, like I feel like he's still trying to, to make find that balance. And I think one thing he did communicate well, like during his interviews and stuff like that, is when people say like, oh, because clearly he pays attention to the feedback and to, you know, comments, the flack. The comments. He definitely, he, de- he definitely, um, 
understood that people were saying that, yo, they don't know if that's a sound or not or what is Tory's sound. And I feel like he still might be trying to like find it as he's... But, you know, like, and we saw Drake go through the same thing, like trying to navigate those, you know, uh, rap versus R&B like type of like waters. And I think him making a play for him just being a good artist... 18 what was that 18 tracks is a lot in, 20, in, in 2018 especially when you're trying off like new sounds and stuff like that like why can't we go back to remember when guys like Drake or even just in general Cole did the same thing where you put out a track two three four and it doesn't necessarily have to make the album yeah you know what I'm saying like you could throw out Lucy's. Yeah. You don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Like They could be on the bonus Japanese version of the album, but they don't have to make like the actual album. Exactly. <laughs> bonus Japanese album. That definitely had me thinking of um it's a few graduation. Albums. It's, it's a few graduation. albums would have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, man, yo, you can put out like just tracks just to get the vibe for it, and people can, you know, put that in a playlist or you know a dj can put down a different set that's fine but you don't have to like there was like an edm or like electronic or whatever type of play that was hypnotized i think a track was yeah. i'm like that's cool but bruh th- does that really fit within this body does that fit within this body of work or is like yeah. this was the best of that sound that i was like going Go for, for at the time I'm and i'm gonna pull that session out like you don't you don't gotta do that yeah. beloved you don't gotta do that. That's the thing. I think how we consume music now is so different that you know. For instance, Rihanna, "Sex with Me" wasn't originally on the album, and mm. then when, when, when the leaf, she put that on the, mm. the the real, aka the second version of the album. But that song took off mm. more so than some of the others. Um, but yeah, Tory Lanez got a fire project. Uh, Mozzie, Mozzie. I was kind of Mozzie. I was. I, I, I'm a first. I'm like, where's this guy from? Mozzie. But then I heard the song with him and Wife and Lucci, and I'm like. Wait, he, is he from the South? And then he told me he's from... Ah, from Sacktown. Sacktown, but... From Sacramento. It's see, he's, like... He's affiliated with, you know, a certain... Uh, community of people. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but the community thing is, the project flows... An for and, a certain color. I mean, you didn't ask me back, but it's all good. <laughs> My criteria for music is that... I want to buy into the artist. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, that's my primary criteria with respect to, like, rap. R&B, I just want to two-step and tap my feet and, like, snap my finger a little bit. You know what okay. I'm saying? But when it comes to, like, rap and, like, actually... Because, it's like you said, there's bars and, and there's vibes. Right. You can have both. Like, Tory Lanez has certain songs, Bust It Down is a vibe song. Yeah. Right? But then he has other songs where he's trying to get pieces, like with yeah. 50. Where he's trying what to... What joint about his mom? What was that? Happiness or something like that? Like... Like, he can go there. And I feel like that could be... That like versatility is something that I rock yeah. with. Now, if you have, you know, bad public media events and things happen, cool, mm-hmm. fine. But in terms of... I think my biggest single criteria besides the talent and, you know, bars and production, because mm-hmm. I think that matters. But for me, it's like, do I believe you? If, you, if you're talking about just, like, uplift and, like, Common, for instance, right? Common talks a lot about uplift. But it, it feels genuine because he's from... He's from Chicago. Yeah. Chicago's crazy. And yeah. then... Uh, this is where he's like... Got, this is the point that he's gotten to and he's not that's necessarily... What, going that's to. what has him moving this way. Right. So right. Mozzie, when I heard him rapping, I'm like, I believe this guy. And that's always... Yeah, yeah there's a certain... I said it before. tone. I said it before, there's but for tone. me, if I believe you, that's why like, I always say the same few rappers and that's why like, I, I, I wave the button flag and people like that because he's very... Introspective on wax, yeah, and, pieces, and, and he's definitely. he's spilling his he's spilling his life out, right? right not right. not on wax, but yeah, on MP3 yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> format. Pieces like reminded me of I don't know if you remember it, but three sides to a story. Ooh, and I was like, ah, yeah, and I was right. Come on, I was saying you can't bring it up and did not you can't bring it up and expect me to do the joint. I casually dropped it and you. Wanted to, yeah, but anyway, I was just I know you hate it, your button, it definitely uh reminded me, and now nah, you're right, though. You're right, you're right, like Mozzie's believable, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 it, and it's the same type of believability that we had in DMX in that tone because like yeah. the man was rapping from a, a place of pain that was almost like indescribable, like which made excuse me, it just literally cut through tracks. And it just made whatever the hell he was positioned against, whoever the hell he was positioned against, 
they was like either a distant memory or it was like you had to put them in. The, you barely could put them in the same sentence because it was like, yo, X is rapping from somewhere, bro. That man has been through some Slipping stuff. is still a song you play. If ever you're having a bad day, play Slipping. Because that'll make you feel like, okay, mm. my day's not that bad anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? But Mozzie, Mozzie has a fire. Like my favorite song right now on the project, and I'm, I'm listening to it a few more times. Favorite song right now is a song with him and YFN Lucci. All right, for me, it was a joint with him and uh, J-Rock, the last track. That is fresh. Even though I like the joint with um, Terrace Martin as well, because Terrace Martin, like, on the low, has been crafting, like, a lot of classics for Kendrick and, and other guys. But the joint with J-Rock, J-Rock, J-Rock is another one. His, like, his tone is just, it's, it's just different from the... No bit. cable. Like, that's all him and Lil Wayne. I'm just... Ugh. J- oh, J-Rock, that, that was J-Rock produced with, um, conflicts that, me. That was produced by like Will I Am. Yes, ghetto, ghetto, ghetto. ghetto. J-Rock conflicts me because I feel like I thought he was gonna go there after that, like to the rafters, yeah, and he but, still. But sometimes it's hard being first. Like he's the first out of T. Imagine if Kendrick was first. That whole run that J-Rock had, that first, um, I think that was Warner, um, that yeah, first Warner like major label run that he had. That was all prepping for Kendrick. So where's J Rock at now? J-Rock. No funny shit. Like, I'm just trying to figure that out. J Rock's TDE. He's TDE now. Was he, was he TDE in this? J Rock, yes, but J Rock is fully, I believe, fully TDE. So he has he, might, he has new stuff coming out. I, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. I remember. Uh, I think it was Punch, one of the the you know guys from TDE, saying that you know he has stuff coming out that. No, it was Ali, the engineer. His ghetto was uh, at least eight years ago. That was, that was a long time ago. Saying that, yo, J Rock got some stuff coming out. Like J Rock never. You can one thing you can never say about J Rock is is that the man was like trash. Like the man could rap, and like I said, like that tone comes from a certain place. It it, it speaks to Watts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's, it definitely speaks to Watts. But uh, but yeah, Mozzie. Annoyed. Mozzie, I'll definitely play that. Uh, that track with J-Rock for y'all, real quick. Annoyed. 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 <laughs> That's a wild boy. Annoyed. That's a wild boy. He uh, <laughs> he says a lot of things that people want to say. Annoyed. In music. Um, <laughs> An- annoyed, you're going to have to sit and unpack his, yeah. his punchlines. Because like, if if y'all, uh, he's an artist from Connecticut. Um, We're he in, was featured. Not Greenwich. No. <laughs> so so you gotta no. unpack it for the people. Unpack it. <laughs> no. That's I, a big state. Uh I Is it Pistol Wave New Haven? I, no. I forgot where in uh, Homicide Hartford. It's, it, it's it's outside of, it's right outside of Hartford. I'm I'm forgetting if it's Windsor, if it's Bloomfield, but it's it's a town like right outside of Hartford. So you could say like Greater Hartford. Okay. But um, yeah, he was on uh, Static Selectors like eight project uh, album that dropped on uh, what was that in December? Um, so that was like you could say like his first like uh, I guess technical like major like type of situation. But um, yeah, he's uh, linked with I think it's Empire Records and got a situation over there. And this is called the uh, Blame It. Blame it on Jay Z inspired by four four four, which I'm sure caught like some immediate attention. Caught mine. <laughs> caught mine. But yo, his uh, his sway freestyle is what really you know garnered a lot of attention for him, like outside of the tri-state or the state in particular. And that the man raps, yo. But he also the threw raps, he threw man. some kind of I'm gonna say shots. He spoke some reality uh, actually. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to say like shots, just because the, the track that you're referring to, just a fan, I believe, is just him speaking from, you know, like the contradictions that we make that we all have as like fans and supporters of artists, you know. Um for those that may speak to a reality and for those that may speak to a fantasy and sometimes us trying to figure out which is which. And also some of those realities or some of those fantasies may be, you know, harmful to other, you know, other parties or other demos or other fans, such as, you know, uh, certain offensive lyrics like towards women and things of that nature. So like... Or the pervasiveness of drug culture. Exactly. So these are things that, you know, as a fan, you try and reconcile with as you're listening. And I can only imagine what that must be like for, you know, like... A talented you know, artist that actually wants to... 
promote the culture yeah. in terms of like scratching, storytelling. Never want to be you know pigeonholed or like known it. for like one track. Like I remember Jay Z talking about like during the Decoded run, um, the book Decoded, um, how he didn't want it. the last thing he wanted to be known for was Big Pimpin. And it sounds hilarious now, and you that wouldn't be like a top five song for like any. Well, I shouldn't say anybody because you'll be surprised what people gravitate towards. But you know, over a decade later, like Pop the Molly, I'm sweating. What? What? He's just gonna come for Trinidad. Rain I did not come for him. No, no, okay. the no, fit. No, you no, said no. what people gravitate yeah. towards. <laughs> if you think about it, like so, part of the reason why part of the reason why we even started this podcast, and I'll go off topic real quick. Part of the reason why we started this is because I've known Mister Prolific for a few years now. Tremendous guy, think bigly of him. Um. <laughs> but his mind when it comes to music and hip hop is different. He can tell you down to like the name of project that he he rocks with, or you rock with. He can tell you. The behind the scenes, the inspiration, who did the photography, just a the, fan, the arc. Now, a, a fan just like stands there and watch. Like you I'm study, like you're a scholar of this. Nah, 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 nah. Listen, listen, listen. No, no uh, cape, as people say now. Like you, you legit are a scholar of this, right? And I feel like part of what drives this podcast is that as people who legit. Rock with the craft, mm-hmm. the history, the art, mm-hmm. and just the the intricacies and the nuances. Like me, one of the things I've always done is I, I've always had access to the version of songs that don't make the album. Or right, right, right. like yeah, the like the B-side the tracks yeah, yeah, yeah. or the song that should have been the single for this person, but they took too long so the beat got sold to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I care about more so than... Like, yeah, I care about a hot song and I don't tap my feet, but right. I care more about like those nuances like that. So I feel like when you you mentioned people gravitating towards the the, war, the wrong things right now, I see that slowly reversing. I think now that people are getting hit to the point that one, people are going to jail for using, you know, certain kind of drugs. But right. I think we had a wave where people were emulating a certain sound and style because people, kids, you know, young kids legit had issues. We all had issues growing up in terms right. of, you know, parents knowing us, whatever. Some of us turn to sports, some turn to the streets, some turn to drugs. Right. But these kids nowadays dye their hair, put a, a pill in their mouth and in their name, and they want to rap. And truth be told, I'm not here as a 34-year-old guy judging <laughs> kids. But I'm saying... That was a wide blanket. I know. That was a wide blanket that could... <laughs> Listen, that could directly. I'm a man, so I'm a man. Like a handful of acts. I'm a man. Whatever I say, I stand by. As a man, I'm a man, dog. But the point I make, the point I make though, is that I feel like it's reversing because the same rappers that would swear by your choice of prescription pill or a brand of course syrup are starting to kind of shift away from that because they realize that oh, I may die. Or it's not as cool to the masses. Granted, you still have a following of the uninitiated younglings who don't know any better. But I think that now we have enough content and enough content that's pervasive in the culture that can kind of shift that narrative. So that's very encouraging because, again, part of the reason why we even did all this is because most people that are in this space that are way bigger, way more accessible, way more known... Don't care about the culture to the extent of trying to further it. People want to make money off of it, but do they care about it? And we we both kind of feel like at the end of the day, we want our name, our product, our content mm-hmm. to be something that we're proud of. Right. And also, even if you never buy anything off of us, we ain't selling nothing right now, but go home and think. Like the things we say is not for you to necessarily say they're right or wrong. It's for you to think. Come listen and learn. Like, take what we're saying, mm-hmm. challenge yourself to prove us wrong. All right. So. Um, and I guess, like, lastly, before we transition about it, that is Fonte. Can't can't forget the good brother, Fonte, man. Yeah, man. Uh, 
From down south. Yes, from North Carolina, formerly of. No, I think uh, when you part, well, that could be a different conversation. But um, he's of little brother fame. Um, foreign. I know. Shame, I know. I know. He sounded familiar. Yeah, I could have placed the. I could place He wrote for the breaks, so I guess in part we can thank the the breaks. Rest in peace to the breaks. The show. That's um, my still I was tight. That was a dope show, but uh, with I don't want your scholarship. Not this way. He's stupid. With them <laughs> canceling. Uh, you was tight too. Though. You was tight. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Indeed. Tell the truth. All right. All right. With them canceling. <laughs> with them canceling, we got this new project, and I just think, uh, man, um, he got to. He got to speak to uh, so much within 33 minutes. And I read in the interview where he was pretty much talking about, yo, like with cats, like no shots, no shade, putting out projects that have like 50 songs. That's mad. Then, That's uh, mad shade. Yo, there's so much. No, no, no. With, <laughs> obviously, there's one direct person that that links to, but we just spoke about the length of albums when we were talking about Tory Lanez. Like, I want to take a, like I want to take a, I want to take a quick tangent. Forgive me. Okay. How much? Like, how many songs is too many? Because uh, truth be told, more than more than eighteen songs. Play. If you can acknowledge that it's a streaming play, like what I don't know if Ray Sherman's doing that. No, they're probably not. <laughs> they're doing three. What is it like a three disc or something like that? If you can acknowledge that it's a it's a streaming play, then it is what it is. But for those that's not and padding it for the numbers and acting like it's like, oh, I just got so like, bro, we, we know that you record every day. I don't need to hear everything that you record every day because everything is not fire. And I get that music is subjective, so it's going to attach to certain folks and certain people are going to like certain sounds and certain players are going to catch on to certain things. That's all well and good. If that's the case, be like Jeremiah. And give me four songs. And give me four. Give me four. a pack of four or five. I tweeted that I appreciate EPs. Like, I literally appreciate that four to five because one, it will have me wanting more. And you digested. Yeah, I get to actually like sit with those songs and live with them and decide like, yo, yo, four to seven. If what if you can't communicate what you need in that four to seven. And. And or you're not able to keep that what extended to like 13, bro. Like let it go. It's okay. I said, okay. "Wife and Lucy just dropped six. I'm like, no, was it five or six? Five, maybe six. five or six songs. I like four of them. Jer, Jer, Jeremiah, I like three and a half out of the four. Okay. 18 on down. I start shortening because I'm trying to get through all 18. Unless you can just make something that I can play straight through. Back to your point though. Go ahead, because I don't want that to be lost. Yeah, so uh, with that being said, half of the appeal of this project was like, bruh, seven years since he put out Charity Starts at Home, which I just posted about like on my Instagram. Um, back in my old blogging days, I've written about uh, Charity Starts at Home and how like dope it was for him to talk about, I don't know, kind of like him and him and Nas to me with uh, Life is Good, like laid the foundation laid the foundation for, you know, 444. To me, to me, y'all can hear Charity Starts at Home and Life is Good and let me know what y'all think. Foreign exchanges, my, like on the low, on the low, they fire, they fire. Yeah, these, yo, Fonte's not even 40 yet. You know, like he'll turn, I believe he'll turn 40 this year, but as somebody that's 39 that seven years ago, you know, at, at that age, to be put, like to be understanding like this is marriage, this is parenthood. This is me figuring out in the midst of that, like transitioning away from my 20s, quote unquote, adulting and all that good stuff and trying to figure life out right here, right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what he was doing in 2011. So for him to come back in 2018, seven years later and have a, a tra- like a track list and that comes under 40 minutes. But like, let that sink in. Like, that's a respect to the that's a literal that's a literal respect to the audience and the topics that he's talking. Just talking about literally, like one of the bars is him talking about him burying his pops, and then. So with that being said, like we all know that the repast food has to be hidden, and we're not talking about you know, uh, kale. 
And that's no disrespect to, to our vegan. I just made a kale salad, bro. What you, what you uh, mean? But you know what I'm saying? Kale and queen and quinoa um, based uh, dishes oh, man, are, are, are not what we're typically looking for at the repast. But all jokes aside, like the simple fact that he was talking about that, and this is somebody that, uh, what was it, like during last year, he had lost his, during that time period, he had lost like his, his dad, his uncle, his grandfather, all within like the same. Uh, span of like a couple of months or something like that. So the mind frame that he was going through as he was making this, as well as like, you know, going through a divorce and, and getting into a new relationship and stuff like that and still raising his kids and still figuring out this music thing is just a lot to unpack under 40 minutes. And I think it's possible, rappers. I Like, I know it happened over 20 years ago with Illmatic. That's just a very, very hard very, very, very hard, uh, you know, bar that was uh, raised, but you, you, you don't need, I don't need two hours of your music. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And that's it. That's all I got for music. With that said, you know, we got a- Our, our favorite part of favorite the show. Favorite part is also Women's History Month. Our no, favorite part is it of Women's the show. History or Women's Appreciation Month? Uh, it's all that. We All appreciate that. women. It's, it's women's month. It's their, it's their month. It's their year. It's their time. Facts. And don't play around because it's times up for a lot of a lot of mess and tomfoolery and shenanigans that's going on. So with respect to all those movements, messages, and and whatnot, um, we we're gonna do a quick roll call. Uh, and first, we're gonna start with uh, uh, Sarita Gates, young queen from Queens. Uh, that had a successful Kickstarter of over, what was it, $33,000 that she raised towards a documentary about um, hip-hop's uh, journalists. And your favorite writers from Vibe, Source, uh, Rolling Stone, uh, all, all the publications that you can think of. Your favorite, you know, um, Nas, Jay-Z, Big, Pac, Profiles, uh, Aaliyah, all of them. Everybody in between that helped, you know, raise us back at a time where we didn't have this direct access to, you know, to our celebrities and to, you know, the people that we felt like represented our culture. Um, these guys like helped to get that message out. All they had was the music videos, concerts and radio. Yeah, That's it. There was no social nothing, you know, so. We still cling on to rest in peace to Big. We still cling on him uh, going on. Uh, what was that on Martin? Yeah. Remember the Martin appearance that he did. So you know these are like the only types of things that we had outside of the music. So to get that, you know, to get these people, um, to get the, um, to get these perspectives, these firsthand accounts of people that you know literally like broke bread with these people hung out with them then just interview with them but back at a time where an interview was more than just a phone call or was more than just you know a couple of quotes for a story it was literally like sitting and traveling and, and building and building it yeah, and yeah. honestly like growing up with these uh, uh, with these acts the artists did you know instead, instead of and helping to humanize them instead of instead of antagonizing you you're humanizing mm-hmm. which is the opposite these days mm-hmm so, okay. Uh, so that's, with that being said, as far as like, you know, uh, former ink slingers slash journalists that went on so. to do uh, gr- bigger and greater things um, and, and have transitioned out of that, but still tell stories, uh, want to give a shout out to um, Mimi Valdez, who I think I might have brought up before, but... She's releasing. It was, she helped to to produce. Um, quick backstory: uh, former Vibe editor in chief, former Latina editor in chief, uh, raised in the city, went to NYU School of Journalism, and she uh, did. If if y'all remember the the Vibe cover story, her first cover story was the Vibe cover story with Big and Faith in the back of the in the back of the um the whip, and I think they had just got married. Uh, not too long before that, but um, she helped to produce Dope, which I thought was a was a good film. Um, Dope, uh, Hidden Figures, and now is um, produce helping to produce uh, Roxanne Shante about the legendary Roxanne Shante, the real Roxanne. 
<laughs> um, and that comes out on Netflix uh, towards the end of this month, I believe on the 23rd. But salute to her and the fact that she, um, uh, with the success of Hidden Figures, Mattel called Katherine Johnson and gave her a Barbie doll. And if, if y'all recall, she was one of the legendary figures from Hidden Figures. You know, so salute to her. And uh, any thoughts on the fact that they saying that the original Mattel Barbie doll was based off of German prostitutes? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> reason why I bring it up. Re- here's, here's why I bring it up. Here's why, here's why we take a left. No, 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 off the cliff. No, no. Here's why I bring it up. It's because I feel like <laughs> Yo, as a people, I did not see that shit coming. No, here's the thing. As a people, we're very much to say, well, that's a win, but here's why it's a negative. So that's what I'm asking, like. Do you think there's any like does that matter? Because to me it doesn't. It's not about the the original intent. It's about where it is now. You know what I'm saying because even with with uh, Wakanda, it's like yeah, but they made all this money for Disney mm. instead of saying what the overall impact. Yeah, is. see what I'm saying? Yes. Please stick to the vision. Please stick to the vision because like we spoke about, Insecure ended up going to HBO and is an you know it's it's a winning platform, but more importantly. It's the fact that she's getting to Issa Rae is getting to put on her, you know, executive producer hat and create other opportunities. Ava DuVernay came out with Selma and she was going to be next on the list. Salutes to her. She got Wrinkle in Time. Big Disney budget film. Uh, I remember her saying in an interview that uh, with the success of Selma winning, um, I, forgot, I think it was Sundance. It won the Sundance Festival and for those who I, I don't even really know that scene like that, but I do know if you win Khan or Can, however you pronounce it, I don't really Con. care. Um, and I've never been, so I don't particularly Can. care. Yeah, it's Can. Uh, it's or Can. Sundance, any of those like films, uh, film festivals, you typically get the budget thrown at you for whatever you want to make next because you're hot. You got the hot hand. She didn't, and she came out with Selma. You know what I'm saying? Like she won, uh, she won with Selma, and. They still didn't believe the vision. So for now, for her to be the first black woman to have the the Brinks truck thrown at her for a budget is a big deal. And for her to take that opportunity and not only, you know, uh, give us, you know, your queen sugars uh, for those that pay attention to Oprah's network, um, but to come back and have this story, this Disney story that relates to, you know, um, little black girls and little girls and 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 everybody to a degree um, everywhere and have this intentionality when it comes to representation. It's stuff that only, you know what I'm saying, a black woman could think of. And you mentioned representation. One thing I, I don't want to get lost with the Barbie situation with Katherine Johnson is that now there's young girls of color that can have a doll that looks like them that's a scientist and they can say, you know what? I want to be Katherine Johnson. They can see the right. movie and the doll, which is why, again, I brought up that, that whole point. Right, Because right, right. I think as a people sometimes, we're, we're quick to say, okay, he just dropped 30 points in the NBA. Yeah, but he dropped it on a bum team X. That's not the point. You got to acknowledge the achievement, respect mm-hmm. the vision. And I think so many of us uh, in this contrarian kind of mindset or super pessimist. I don't know which one fits better, but rather than just acknowledging and respecting, it's like, yeah, she has a Barbie doll, but the original Barbie doll was X, Y, Z. Who cares? Right, right, you know I mean? right. So, yeah, so salute to, to those queens. Uh, also, um, talking about, you know, Disney films, obviously we know Disney owns uh, Marvel. Um, and the Marvel film Black Panther just did a Billy as, with a with a big B, with a very big B. So salute to all those that. And once again, we're talking about representation and intentionality, not um, the actors comp, no. not the actors comp. Stop, Yo, stop with, putting that picture with, up with Ryan Coogler. <laughs> with Ryan Coogler, um, he has um, for the last like couple of films, for all of his films, had Ooh. a woman, a woman DP, a woman director of photography. So that is a woman. You know, taking care of all that amazing cinematography that you see behind the lens and a black woman that handles all the costume and design and stuff like that and set design and things of that nature. Like these are things that people, you know, it sounds all well and good, but these are, you know, and the script was written by two black men. Like these are things that, you know, it we just overlook this for, you know, other points that we want to make. But at the end of the day, like all of this counts. 
because you know um, coming up under you know the the spike regime and the, the type of things if we're in Brooklyn you can't you can't talk about Brooklyn and not talk about spike or talk about cinematography or film without spike these are the types of things that guys like him made sure to have implemented if I'm doing a film I'm op- I'm not just coming through the door I'm leaving the door open I'm standing by the door to make sure everybody comes through with me so these are the types of things that is, you know, at the end of the day, yes, it's all well and good that we have our own projects and we need to have our own projects. But at the end of the day, you need to be employed and there needs to be a balance. But until we have that that balance that is a utopia for all of us, we need to respect those that are at least trying to make a way to include include others and not just being in front of the camera but in the myriad of positions that are behind me. Ding, 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 ding. And everything you said is spot on because I've seen a lot of, well, we just made we just made Disney a billion dollars. But everything you said speaks more to the overall vision and the overall purpose behind it. It's like, yes, um, Disney made money, but folks like Mr. Cooler and everyone else are now mm-hmm. positioned to take this who knows where. Right. So instead of sitting there saying... I'm going to boycott the movie because it's Disney or it's Marvel. You should say, you should, you should look at the, the granularity mm-hmm. and the attention to detail with what my guy here just said. The DP, everyone pretty much on set that had a, a position that was important to the movie was a person of color that he employed. And he, he's been doing that for a few films now. And yeah. you need to understand that although we put a, a billion dollars into, into Disney's pocket, we also are positioning ourselves to be independent. Because guess what? He wouldn't have been able to do what he did outside of Disney or Marvel. Or if he was Ryan Coogler, independent director, mm-hmm. you're not even going to go see Black Panther. Right. That's the irony. Like, we'll complain and say, well, but, but like a, a fake woke person that's really half sleep will say, well, why are we spending the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> But you're not going to go see the movie if it said Sunday until at BAM. Right. Or at Lincoln Center. Right. You're not going to see the movie. Right. So, and at least with this, you know, it's all about the long play. We can't be so short-sighted in our vision. So Fact it would up. allow us to, you know, even if he decides to do an independent film or whoever decides. If if he or Ava decide to do independent film now, well, shit. I, it's definitely going to have more eyes on it than if it was the other way around. So anyway, with that being said, um, shout-outs to Ava. Um, and to round out... Um, you know, this this episode's Queen Salute. I wanna quickly give a shout out if we're talking about, you know, Black Panther and the things that, you know, the successes allowed um and allotted for other opportunities. Um Kayla, Kayla Reed, Jessica Bird, and Rukia Lamumba um with the Electoral Justice Project, aka Wakanda the Vote, um these group of women uh went during the first weeks of the screening around different locations. Um, around the country and we're getting people to sign up to vote. Um, I've also seen, you know, um, initiatives that were STEM related, science, technology, you know, engineering um, and math, engineering yeah. and math um, initiatives and efforts as well that were kind of like piggybacking off of and all these types of applications are things that we need within the community. So um, respect to them. And we have Ariel Johnson, 34, um, founder of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House in Philly, only black woman owner of a comic book shop on the East Coast. We're talking about representation. Like, that's, that's, a, lot of, that's, that's a lot of states. That's a small business owner that is, you know, man, I, I can't picture being uh, under 35 and owning, you know, a business in 2018, like the type of, you know, challenges and risks and things of that nature um, that you would be getting into. And for her to, you know, we're talking about comics, we're talking about, you know, representation and things of that nature. For her to be aware of that um, and trying to, you know, be the change that she wishes to see is dope. Uh, And lastly, um, Charlottesville, I know this was like, I think like back in January that this news broke. Um, Charlottesville has its first African-American woman mayor in Nakuya. Um, Apologies if I pronounced that wrong. Nakuya Walker. And... um, just shout outs to her, man. Uh, super lit. You know, super lit. Yeah, to go from being, you know, for a moment in time, the epicenter of hate, um, when that, you know, poor woman uh, was ran over by, you know, um, 
uh, a racist um, during that controversial time, yeah. yeah during that controversial um, event that took place um, with the tiki torches you know what I'm oh, saying man. so um, salutes to her and for her standing up and and that's what it's gonna take you know as you can see we covered politics like we covered women and politics and in entertainment because at the end of the day it it's going to take a multifaceted multifaceted multi-front approach exactly and i mean for this episode my last point you know to your point it, it's a multi-front multifaceted war that we're facing internally and externally mm-hmm. but either either fight or put your hands in front of you and uh, just be a prisoner of war, but I'm a fight. <laughs> so with that being said, y'all be cool how y'all be cool. Over and out. Don't forget to follow us on at stereo underscore bros, Twitter and IG. New website coming this spring. Holla Chigualas. We out. <laughs>